TCU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome into the program on this Wednesday, August 16th edition. We are getting closer to East Carolina football. We are 17 days away from the Pirates and Wolverines kicking off inside the big house in Ann Arbor. We got a fun football discussion for you today. Shortly, we're going to be joined by Bobby Harward, Hoist the Colors analyst. That's the official title I'm giving him for this show. He's been on our podcast a lot in the past. We'll introduce him shortly. By the way, we are live on YouTube Live on Facebook, currently here at 10 a.m. We are recording early if you're listening to our uh, to our live stream. We uh, will take your questions, comments on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. Drop them in, and we will take them as we uh, air this program. We are also, of course, if you're listening to our radio replay, we're, we're live there at 12 noon. we got ECU football practice coverage today, and, and preseason camp continuing with morning practices through the end of this week leading to media day, which is why we're live streaming a little early this week. Next week, we'll be back at our normal 12 noon schedule every single day as far as live stream and radio stream. All right, let's introduce Bobby Harward. Bobby is going to be joining us a lot throughout this season, specifically on Wednesdays, most Wednesdays throughout the fall. Bobby, uh, we've had you a lot on our podcast, so the, the fans who are familiar with Hoist the Colors are, are well familiar with your, your story, but uh, your first radio appearance, uh, I believe, in some time, uh, maybe first ever. So, uh, first off, welcome uh, to the program. Welcome to Hoist the Colors. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Stephen. This is uh, my first radio appearance ever, so I'm excited. I'd always kind of dreamed. I, I envied people who were on uh, sports radio because I felt like that was a dream, just being able to chop it up, talking sports all day. So, it's a pleasure to join you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. We're, we're good friends, so uh, I know that we've, we've had good chemistry in our podcast and looking forward to, to getting you in studio soon enough. By the way, Bobby's appearance brought to us by Sup Dogs, and check them out, of course, downtown Greenville. Everybody knows Sup Dogs, one of the best restaurants in the area, the best bar nationally, according to Barstool Sports. Definitely uh, check them out for lunch if you're looking for lunch. Also, everybody knows if you want some pirate beverages, check them out downtown Greenville, Sup Dogs. They'll be presenting our segments with Bobby throughout the season uh, here to come as we get started with this segment. So, Bobby, we're going to talk a little bit later. We got several submissions on on Twitter, on YouTube, kind of one player at each position that we're looking forward to seeing. We're going to do that in our next segment. So I, I do want to talk some conference expansion here shortly with you as well because that's what everybody wants to talk about. But let's first get into to your background. So we first met when you were on Ruff McNeil's staff. Uh, I was a student at East Carolina, and uh, our, our, our now wives were friends as well, so we kind of had that connection. So uh, take us through your background of football and, and kind of uh, what led you to, to coaching back then and, and how much you still follow the game now. Yeah, um, played throughout high school, had uh, the opportunity to uh, play at Lenore Rhine uh, for college. Uh, coincidentally, you know, Mike Houston, now ECU's head coach, was – the defensive coordinator, I believe, at the time at Lenore Ryan, and he was the uh, uh, recruit area recruiter for my area, even though I was recruited by the position coach um, that I played. Uh, I went to ECU. When Ruff got hired, I saw him at a basketball game, wanted to help out in any way I could to stay involved with football. He told me to volunteer in the equipment room. 
So I volunteered and was on the equipment staff for about two seasons um, and got to work closely with Lincoln Riley there. Um, I had a meeting with Lincoln going into my senior year at ECU and was like, hey, I want to coach. I want to be uh, a GA. What do I need to do? Um, he told me to come up and, and work for him in the football office. So that's what I did. I left the equipment room, migrated into uh, a student assistant role. And then after I graduated my senior year, it worked out. There was a GA role that opened up on the defensive side. Um, so I worked under then outside linebacker coach Dwayne Price on the defensive side. And that was during Rick Smith's tenure as the defensive coordinator. Um, when uh, Lincoln left to go to Oklahoma, uh, Dave Nickel was promoted uh, to the offensive coordinator. And I was very close with Dave Nickel. And he brought me back over to the offensive side. So my last year as a GA, uh, I was uh, with the quarterbacks and receivers and got to work uh, closely with Dave, who is uh, greatly missed. Um, after his passing last year. But that's kind of my background and involvement with coaching. Um, and from there, I coached high school at, at Pamlico County High School um, and at D.H. Conley. So I, I still watch football on Saturday, Sundays, shoot now Thursdays and Fridays. Uh, but I watch it pretty regularly and, and try to stay in tune with where all those guys that I worked with are at now and seeing their careers unfold. So it's been pretty fun. No doubt, and I always, always enjoy our our text messages uh, during games or after games or leading into games. And you know, we we've had you often on, on podcasts leading into kind of game previews as far as going into games, kind of getting your take. And I know a lot of fans on Hoist of Colors, and I'm sure some new fans listen to 94.3 The Game, uh, introducing themselves to you as well. So looking forward to having you on board, Hoist the Colors 94.3 for for this fall. Uh, of course, you know, I know you've got some stuff going on in your personal life. So at some point this fall, you won't be able to join us every single Wednesday. But, uh, uh, you know, as, as your family continues to grow, but we'll continue to uh, to have you on the, the program. So, Bobby, as a, you know, now that you're, you're out of coaching, how much do you try and uh, look at it as still like from a coaching perspective versus the, the fan perspective? Because I know you, you obviously, you know, you want East Carolina to succeed. Uh, but you still try and analyze the maybe the games from from that perspective too. Just th th it seems to be the theme from talking with guys who have been in coaching. Like you still kind of put your coaching hat on in certain aspects, especially when you're familiar with guys like Donnie Kirkpatrick, Trip Weaver on staff now. Um, kind kind of how do you take the game in versus maybe how a fan does? It's a little different uh, from the standpoint of just understanding the X's and O's and and kind of what teams are trying to accomplish strategy wise. Um, as I've grown distant from my time coaching, it's enjoying it more and more as a fan early on, especially it was hard not to, uh, just really look at it from a strategy standpoint, uh, football, it's the reason it's my favorite game. It's, it's like a chess match in a way, in the sense that, you know, you got all these pieces you're trying to work together and you're trying to outmaneuver, you know, your opponent in, in strategy and, and X's and O's and what you're doing scheme wise. So, um, yeah, I, I still have that. It's hard in the stands not to shout to my friends sitting next to me like, hey, they're rolling to this coverage or they're trying to do this right here. So I, I still have that in me, and I think I always will. But I'm trying to enjoy it as a fan a little bit. I get distant from my time coaching. Bobby, what do you make of uh, conference expansion? Because, I mean, the, the, we talk about how the game on the field has changed since you – left uh, your your you know the coaching profession and but from a conference standpoint it's just gotten I mean it's just gotten insane and uh it's it's fun I don't even know if it's fun to follow but it's 
it's interesting to follow, at least from my vantage point, looking at some of these. Like even last night, you've got this random Oregon State fan uh, on Twitter with a thousand followers, basically putting out that there's going to be an 18 team Pacific American Conference uh, and ECU is included in it. So now that I get like 10 text messages about, hey, is this real? I, you know, I don't think it is. Um, but it's just like anybody can create any account or tweet out anything. And right now, people are taking it and running with it. So, um, kind of what, what's your vantage point on all this madness going on, especially from an American Athletic Conference standpoint as it relates to ECU? That's a great question because it is hard to <laughs> maneuver and filter through what's truth and what's not, especially on social media. I mean, there's that, that Oregon State account, and I believe there's two others that are constantly throughout the day posting information. It's hard to know who they are, what, what they do, and whether it's truthful or not. Um, it's exciting, or I guess entertaining is probably a, a better way to phrase it because it, at least it has me constantly refreshing social media to see what's the, the latest news or the latest update. Uh, I'm kind of torn. I'm following it to see what happens with ECU. Obviously, I want them to, you know, have uh, be in the most opportunistic uh, conference in the sense of being able to get an automatic invite to the college football playoff, those sort of things, more television money to help out financially. Uh, but it's hard because you lose those regional rival rivalries. I know that's what I grew up on uh, following the ACC as, as I was growing up. I mean, you had the original nine in the ACC and following those guys closely. And even is basketball specifically watching those games, you knew every player for all nine teams and, um, it, you, you don't get that sense of rivalry with all this, um, you know, coast to coast format. So I wish it would go back to a regional standpoint. Uh, unfortunately, I think we're at the point of no return. I hope, uh, for ECU's sake, um, you know, we're, we're put in the best position that we can, uh, really get the most money, uh, financially from a TV contract and, and, um, I think Apple does sound cool. I know that's been a rumor. Uh, Apple would be pretty cool. Um, ESPN Plus has done a great job, but I think Apple does a really good job as well, uh, just since they've, t uh, they've taken over MLS here within the last year. Yeah, I think you know, I'm looking at this tweet now. from it's uh, The Twitter handle, Bobby, is OS underscore Beaver. And <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just got like this random Oregon State mascot as their logo. They've got uh, 1,100 followers. And like he put out a tweet last night, Pacific American deal may be done, keyword being may. Like this guy's just throwing out random stuff. Maybe done in principle, hardball dealings at the end. American will dissolve to pay no exit fees, and 11 AAC teams will receive invites to the pack. Um, and all this other stuff about shares. He's got essentially an 18-team league. If you haven't seen it, he's got ECU uh, in, in the East along with Temple, SMU, Rice, USF, FAU, UAB, Memphis, and Tulane. And in the West, you got Oregon State, Washington State, North Texas, San Diego State, Boise State, Colorado State, Cal, Stanford, UTSA. I mean, on paper, it looks good. I think it would be a good conference outside of maybe some of the travel, but um, you know, a couple of things here don't really match up for me is like, I don't, I don't see Navy and air force being left out of this. Then you also have the standpoint of the mountain West conferences have a $34 million exit fee. How are they going to be able to get out of that to join this so-called league? Um, is it, would it really be called the Pacific American? You know, I've heard Stanford doesn't want to be in a league with Boise due to Boise's bad academics. So I don't know, Bobby, this is like, I don't, I don't believe it's true first off, but 
in theory, I think it would be a good league for ECU to be in. Uh, I just, I, I, I think, unfortunately, though, it's not, it's not real. Uh, what did you think when you saw this? I agree. I think the biggest red flag to me was Navy not being included. Um, why would you leave them out unless they have a desire to go independent? Uh, Air Force being an obvious counterpart for Navy being an academy school, I think they fit up well on the west side. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just so up in the air. It, there, A few of those accounts, they switch what they're saying every other tweet. So, um, from a standpoint of ECU being in that conference, I think it would be great from the rumors that uh, financially of what the TV deal would be. It sounds like it would double uh, currently what's in the American, which would also be great. Um, I look at it, too, from where's the uh, – from a college football playoff standpoint, do they still get the automatic qualifier status? And, and I think there was an article posted last night from Yahoo Sports that was saying they're voting in August, the end of August about maybe removing it and going into, you know, a Power 4 instead of a Power 5 because of the changes. And, yeah, we'll see. There's too much up in the air, uh, but it would be – I think it would be fun from a standpoint of having Oregon State or maybe even Stanford if they do join coming – coming over to the East Coast to, to see them in Dowdy. I mean, that's the thing. I feel like it. they got to make a decision somewhat soon, these schools do, because, like, if you look at 2024, Bobby, they don't there, – there's no schedule for Stanford, Oregon State, uh, Washington State, and Cal. Like, there's no – unless they're going to play each other three, four times. I mean, like, there's just no, – nothing adds up. So, I do feel like a possible – merger i don't even know what it's going to be like a merger or join them joining the american the american joining the pack to keep the name the the power five uh you know rights or whatever i feel like something is bound to happen i just don't know what it looks like and, I, and the biggest thing i don't believe is i just don't know if i think stanford's gonna have i, I just think i think stanford's gonna feel like they're too high and mighty to join this conference maybe ecu or maybe the american can pull and Oregon State, Washington State. But Stanford and Cal, I feel like, are going to try and do something else. I don't know. That's just my gut feeling. Uh, what's your last thing before we take a break here? What's kind of your gut feeling on maybe how all this plays out? Yeah, I'm with you. I think Stanford, I could see them going independent. Uh, another thing is, like, I Oliver Luck's been thrown into this recently. And what happens with the Resco if they do a merger? Because some rumors are saying Luck will take over as the uh, as the commissioner, and you know, are, are they just going to kick out a Resco after uh, everything he's done for the conference? It sounds like he may retire soon, but still. And then even you got to think of it from UNC Charlotte's standpoint. You're just getting into the American, and if this Oregon State account is correct, you're going to be booted after one year of conference play. So. Um, I do think there is some sort of a merger. I think some West uh, Mountain West teams will come along, but I think it will be be in 25 or 26. I don't think it will be when that exit fee uh, goes down a little bit, but I could see the American maybe adding Washington State and Oregon State temporarily for the time being until some of those Mountain West schools can get out of their uh, TV contract. Who knows what's going to happen? It's fun to speculate about. I know that, Bobby. All right, let's get our first break in on the other side. We'll switch gears. We'll talk East Carolina football close to home, the actual football in the field. We're going to go through each position. We'll also read your comments on social media. One player we're looking, we're looking forward to seeing this fall at each position. Uh, feel free to weigh in YouTube, Facebook. We'll be right back on Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. Here there be pirates. Back to Hoist the Colors with Steven Igo. How good is this? On 94.3 The Game. 
Alright, welcome back in to this edition of Voice of the Colors on 94.3 The Game. It is Wednesday, August 16th. We're talking East Carolina football. We just talked conference expansion with Bobby Harward, who's going to join us throughout the fall, throughout the season, for a lot of insight. Former coach over at ECU, does a great job as an analyst. For official Hoist the Colors analyst, Bobby, do you like that title, or do, we, do I need to change it? No, I like it. I was... Uh... That you sent me a graphic yesterday. I was like, "Oh man, that's sweet. That looks good." So, uh, y'all do a great job. It's it is Woo! really cool. Like you said, uh, <laughs> knowing you for so long and now seeing you have a daily radio show, man, it's it's awesome. It's really cool to see and see your career grow and uh, join a great partner in ninety four three the game. So it's it's really cool. Well, I appreciate that, man. Uh, all right, so I'm I'm looking at the graphic now. We do got to get the the spelling right though. I just realized, Clark Bobby. Harward with H-A-R-W-A-R-D. So, uh, hey, first first appearance, though, we'll get it fixed. And we'll, we'll, he, he at least did get the graphic that we tweeted out right. Uh, and that was Clark. So uh, he did a great job with that. So we'll get that fixed. Hoist the colors analyst, Bobby Harward. So uh, let's, let's transition here. One player at each position we're looking forward to seeing. We got a lot of submissions on social media, Bobby. As far as, uh, you know, guys, and really, you look at this team right now, so many unknowns, at least on paper, but guys who have been developing in the program, we're kind of excited to see. And let's start first with the quarterback. I think we all kind of know the answer here. But I'll let you go first, Bobby, and we'll kind of have a discussion. We'll also mention any fans uh, that, that, you know, want to get in on this too. Uh, quarterback, who are you looking forward to seeing? Well, the obvious answer is Mason Garcia, right? Right. Um, I mean, it, it's from a talent standpoint, all we've we've heard about him for the last few years. He's a guy that probably ECU in all reality should not have had a chance to recruit uh, if it wasn't uh, for some items in his high school uh, academic career. But having him now, all we've heard about is that the talent that he is, his size, his arm strength, his speed, his ability to run. And, you know, now it's time to go or get off the pot. So we're going to see what he's made of. And the other thing I have to remind myself, too, though, with Mason, because he is so talented and we've just heard so much about his talent, is it's there's still going to be some growing pains. I mean, he's from a, a game standpoint, he is inexperienced. Um, he may have, you know, practiced for the last three years or so. But, you know, being in live action, he's still inexperienced. There's going to be some growing pains. And as, as talented as he may be, there's going to be some times it's like dude what are you doing but then he's also I feel like has the capability of making that oh wow play so I'm excited to see how he does getting thrown into live action I'm excited to see uh, the offense that Donnie Kirkpatrick builds around him uh, and how they kind of implement his skill set going forward yeah really looking forward to seeing especially the running game I feel like the running game with Mason Garcia is going to be so much more viable in terms of having a true guy who can pull it on a you know he's just he's he's quick for a size and he's huge and, and how do you balance not trying to get him to take too many hits uh that that's also a key as well um so yeah mason's the guy there definitely excited to see alex flynn get a shot if he does get that shot in a game but i do expect mason to start at this point we do have a couple comments on social media uh matt wright said i have to say mason garcia can he step up and be as productive as holton was or better intrigued to see if he's taking his game to the next level uh we also got uh, ecu pirate nation saying i'm curious to see if mason is that guy or if we will be chasing our tails looking for a guy to lead the offense 
for the next couple of years. Uh, and then Judge Smells uh, says uh, Mason. He also says Rajay and the new receivers, which we'll get into. We need them to step up. So, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is Mason's going to have growing pains. We all realize that. I hope the fans realize that, especially given the schedule. Uh, we can have a whole discussion on QB expectations, what are fair to, to begin with. But uh, definitely looking forward to Mason Garcia. All right, running back room, Bobby. A lot of talent here, a lot of different directions you can go. Who are you looking forward to seeing in the running back room? Yeah, I got I got two guys here, so I hope I don't screw you up in who you pick. Um, but uh, Javius Bond is one that I'm really just intrigued from a standpoint of to see an explosive play from him. So that's all we've heard about in camp so far, and you've reported on this, is his explosiveness and breakaway speed. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, Marlon Gunn, though, is really the one that I'm intrigued by. I, I'm intrigued to see uh, how he takes a heavier workload, how he handles that. I think he's a dude. Um, I'm excited to see him uh, tote the rock, and I've been impressed with him from what I've seen before in game experience. So I'm excited to see how he does with a heavier workload. Yeah, Marlon looks in phenomenal, phenomenal shape uh, this offseason. He's gained about 10 pounds, and I'm, I'm being honest, I'm looking forward to to seeing all these guys um i do have javius bond written down because he has looked electric every time i've seen him especially in scrimmages it's just the physicality we'll see how he handles that um uh, you know going especially starting at michigan uh i'll say rajay harris just because how is he going to look in live action you know i've seen him in practice in live settings and he does not outside of the fact he's wearing a knee brace he does not look like he's coming off a major injury like he's running he's cutting well is the big thing he's not shying away from contract or contact um so i'm excited to see rajay as well all right uh wide receiver uh who do you got here and this is another basically brand new room in terms of proven production having to step up so do you have a, a wide receiver in mind I got Jari Patterson. I hope I'm pronouncing his first name right, but I'm excited to see, awesome. Good. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to uh, see him uh, contribute and see what he can do. I've read a lot about him uh, in camp and not being out there at practice and stuff, but just reading your write up write ups on hoist the colors. Uh, also, we've had success with other Marshall transfers in the past, so I'm excited to see how he goes. Uh, I know it's taken some time for him to get implemented and acclimated to ECU uh, and learning the playbook, but I'm excited to see how he does. It sounds like he's going to be playing quite a few different positions, moving around a little bit, uh, depending on the formation. Yeah, I also have Jari written down. So you're doing a good job of uh, of of being on the right right page here. But I mean, there are so many different directions. Jari, I think, is going to be an interesting guy who can touch the ball in a majority of ways, uh, you know, moving all around the offense. I'm going to go to Brock Spalding, another inside receiver. He just – nothing flashy. He's not big, but he just continues to make plays when throwing the ball in camp. And, you know, I, I don't th- I don't think he's going to be Tyler Sneed exactly. He obviously reminds you of Tyler Sneed with his size and stature, but uh, he's got some of the biggest hands for a small guy you'll see. So I I think Brock Spalding is going to be a a really reliable target in this offense. Looking forward to seeing him get some more time uh, this coming fall. All right, tight end. You got Shane Calhoun returning as kind of the guy, and then you got a couple freshmen. Unfortunately, Tyler Savage just went down with an injury, but he won't miss a ton of time from what I've heard. Do you have a tight end that you're, you're really looking forward to seeing this fall? I'm going to go with Antonio Ferguson. Um, Being a freshman, obviously that's intriguing, uh, but he's a large dude, and it sounds like he's done a great job blocking up front, um, whether that's attached or detached from the offensive line, especially what 
I'm envisioning they're going to do offensively this year with a lot of RPOs, uh, run heavy zone read stuff. Um, I'm expecting the tight ends to be utilized a lot blocking. And uh, so I think uh, throwing him him in there as a true freshman is going to be intriguing uh, and also see with his big body if he could be a red zone threat as well. Yeah, he, he's a big dude. I mean, he's basically their biggest tight end already as a freshman. And he, again, doesn't look like a freshman. I also have a freshman tight end written down. It's Desirio Riles. So I, I kind of, at the start of camp, didn't expect both these guys to play. But just talking to people the last few days, it, it sounds like they're both going to play and both for different reasons. I'm actually working on an article now for true freshmen trending towards playing. And I have Desirio and Antonio Ferguson in that group. And I think Sirio is going to be more of your hybrid tight end. And maybe he takes some of the snaps Savage was going to play. But uh, big-time athlete, bigger than I thought he'd be out of high school. And I think he's going to have a, a – I don't, I don't want to say a field day right away as a true freshman running routes, but there have been some veteran safeties in practice who have had trouble covering him one-on-one. So we'll see what happens uh going forward there so looking forward to seeing how the tight end position shakes out uh o-line again tough uh, uh, not tough pick because you got so many new starters here potentially uh, i'll let you start it off bobby who do you look at on the o-line Richard Pierce is where I'm going to go for who I'm most excited about. I know he's competing for that right guard spot. I really liked his tape coming out of high school out of Alabama. So I'm intrigued to see how he does with this opportunity to play. Uh, We'll see if he can win this camp battle uh, at the right guard position. And the other one that I'm interested in is Parker Moore. Uh, I know he played right tackle last year, but moving over to the left-hand side, it's going to be a little bit different footwork-wise, but he's still protecting the blind side of the quarterback. Obviously, with Holton being left-handed, that right tackle is very important. Now our quarterbacks are right-handed, so that left tackle goes back to protecting the blind side. So seeing how he adjusts moving to the other side of the offensive line. Good picks there. Uh, Richard Pierce, also one of the guys I had written down. Uh, I'm going to go Dustin Hall, South Florida transfer. He's been running at guard and center this preseason. It sounds like, and has looked like, Bobby, they may be moving Hampton Urgle kind of out to right tackle and giving Dustin Hall the center work. They're still trying to finalize that, but that could be a key to this offense as well. Uh, we also I do want to hit on some of the, the submissions on social media. Uh, running back wise, we had a couple of guys. Uh, Destry says he's looking forward to seeing Bond, Jay Bond, uh, for uh, Javius Bond at running back. We also had Austin Voss, who said Rajay coming off the injury. Matt said Marlon Gunn, excited to see what he can do now that he has a longer leash to work with. Uh, John Byram said Bond on offense, and then Joe said can't wait to see ryan beckman i don't know if he is a friend of the akron offensive line transfer but he's another guy who's been in the mix at center and guard as well uh and then we had somebody say jari patterson this was ryan benner he said loves love this kid's desire to keep playing i believe he has the skill set we can use at the wide receiver position so there's a few submissions on social media let's flip to the defensive side of the ball bobby defensive line ton of uh, experienced bodies coming back do you have one or a new guy you're looking forward to seeing up front 
I'm excited to see Josiah Robinson. Um, we've heard about him, that transfer from Michigan State. Got injured early last season, so we didn't get to see much of him. But I think he's explosive off the edge. Um, I think that's a key part of the defense that we, we need to find is that pass rushing piece uh, from the edge position and try to get some pressure on the quarterback, help our secondary out a little bit. I know those two, uh, edge and, and uh, secondary work hand in hand. So trying to get some uh, create some pressure off of some four-man rush rather than having to uh, blitz so much and, and put some vulnerability in the secondary. If we can get some uh, pressure from Josiah Robinson, I think that will be a positive. Yeah, he's a guy who, you know, played in last year in the opener, had a serious injury, and unfortunately missed kind of the, the rest of the season, or he did miss the rest of the season, but has some athletic traits that they could really use off the edge. They got to get more pressure off that position going forward. And a guy who could play there, J.D. Lampley, is who I wrote down, and he has slimmed down quite a bit. He looks more like a, almost like an outside linebacker, defensive end type now. He will be playing more defensive end, second-year defensive lineman, and he's a guy with some quick twitch ability. I think that can help them as well. So looking forward to seeing what J.D. Lampley can do. Uh, EC96 on Twitter also says, J.D. Lampley, don't sleep on the kid. Uh, when we talked to Parker Moore, he said J.D. has been one of the toughest guys to block this uh, this preseason. So I think that's a good sign as well. Hayes Mahoney also said uh, he's looking forward to seeing one of the defensive linemen, Chad Stevens. He said, uh, excited to see Chad Stevens bust some skulls. All right, well, <laughs> we'll see uh, We'll see how Chad does. He's the physical presence on the edge, for real. Uh, linebacker, Bobby, another position. It seems like I'm on repeat here um, with a ton of new faces. You know, it's kind of Taylor Jackson's time to shine. Do you go with his direction? Do you go with a new face, one of the transfers? What's your, your feeling on uh, linebacker? I actually had both. I had Taylor Jackson and a transfer. I think it's cool, Taylor. Uh, Taylor's story, um, you know, waiting his time, putting in the work, and now having a chance to play. Uh, I think that's what ECU is about. You have these guys that come in, they sit their time behind some of these uh, veteran guys, learn the defense, and then when it's time, their time to go, they step up. So I'm excited to see Taylor. I'm excited he's going to get an opportunity. Uh, this season. Um, and then from a transfer standpoint, I have Ra Ra Dilworth. I think uh, he is a freak athlete. I'm excited to see how uh, Blake Carroll utilizes him. I know UNC had a trouble uh, trying to find a spot for him, but I think he fits uh, really well into our defense. Um, from an athletic standpoint, it sounds a lot like Montese Overton, just a freak athlete speed wise. Uh, coming off the edge and playing some inside if need be. So uh, those are my two, Ra-Ra and Taylor Jackson. Good picks again. Bobby, you're really on it today, man. You're, you're doing a good job in your, your debut 94-3 the game appearance. Uh, I had Ra-Ra written Woo! down. <laughs> who, uh, <laughs> I had Ra-Ra written down as well. Elite name. I mean, how can you be called Ra-Ra and not be a great player? He run at 4-4 as a, a linebacker. Um I'm, so I'm going to switch gears. I'll go B.J. Davis just because this dude, I mean, you want to talk about looking the part. 6'3", 220, he is long, he can run, and I just think he's going to make them so much more dynamic at linebacker. And I don't know what packages he's going to play in. I do know from a physical perspective he is the most, I don't know, he's it, like – if I'm a quarterback, I don't want to look up and see B.J. Davis standing in my passing lanes. I think he had like five picks last year alone at South Carolina State. So 
Uh, really looking forward to seeing what he can do at linebacker. Uh, Whit Hole on on Twitter. He also says Ra Ra Dilworth or BJ Davis, and then John Byram says BJ Davis on defense. And he also got a couple other linebacker transfers as well. Mike Edwards has quietly had a big offseason too. The former Georgia Southern transfer. All right, let's move back to the secondary. We'll start at cornerback, and the guy that's been getting a ton of hype this uh this preseason is Siobhan Revel really dating back to the spring he's my pick Bobby is he is he your pick as well or do you want to go in a different direction I'm gonna go in the different direction I think right. this is maybe the first time we'll be uh, a little different in our choice here I'm gonna go with Antoine Jackson uh there reason being I thought he would never make it to campus to be honest with you so the fact that he's here is uh great I thought we were gonna have a Lucas Thompson 2.0 for a second uh, I don't think we'll ever forget the name Lucas Thompson as ECU fans, but or let that go. Um, but from <laughs> Antoine's standpoint, uh, it sounds like he's fitting right in. Uh, Coverage-wise, it sounds like he's earned every bit of that four-star rating he had coming out in the recruiting process. So I'm excited to see how he does. Um, and I'm also going to fill in with uh, some of the uh, backups in the corner room, two transfers, Tamir Brown and Rance Connor. I'm excited to see how they step up. I think it's it's really cool from a standpoint that we have so much talent, it sounds like, at least from a measurable standpoint. Now, how do all those pieces fit? How do they play together uh, as one unit? But the talent seems to be there, and this may be the most, most depth that I can remember in a corner room that, that since I've been following ECU. Yeah, they. I think definitely from a standpoint of having length, upside, and speed, it's as good of a group as they've had, starting with Siobhan. I mean, 6'2", he's long, he can run. He, you know, fit, Bud Carroll said it best, 50-50 balls, you have a better chance at knocking down or picking off a 50-50 ball if you're throwing at Siobhan Rebel. So that's high praise for a guy who hasn't played a lot. But I'm just telling you, man, like, you roll out to practice and you're like, this dude looks legit, and he'll be tested early. We'll see how he responds. He'll face some adversity. But I just think they're going to have the chance to play some man coverage on his side with his ability, his length. Uh, safety position, Julius Wood, Tegan Wilk are back as starters. Do you go with the new face, a younger guy here? Bobby, who are you looking for at, at safety? Looking for uh, Jordan Huff. I'm excited to see him. It's a uh, freak athletically transferred from Georgia Tech and then I believe a junior college. So I'm excited to see how he fits in. I would not be surprised if he, uh, you know, plays pretty frequently for a backup. I know uh, Tegan and, and Julius obviously are well-deserved in that starter role, but uh, they have good depth behind that that can push him in Jordan Huff, and I'm excited to see what he does with his opportunity. And also from a special team standpoint, he seems like he'd fit right in kickoff coverage team, so see if he can make an impact there as well. Yeah, super athletic guy, good speed, strong. You know, not the tallest guy in the world, but I, I think he's going to play. And it sounds like they're they're going to try to get him on the field along with safety, kind of use him and Rance Connor in a nickel package just to get some more guys on the field just because they are so deep at DB, uh, especially in those obvious passing downs. I think he's kind of an ideal fit for that. I've got Omar Rogers from Elon. He's the Elon transfer, and he, he's been kind of running as, you know, second and third string most of the offseason. But, you know, the thing I like about him is he's physical. And, uh, you know, these safeties typically they get banged up. You're going to have to go to some depth pieces he's played at a high level at Elon he's not quite 100% himself I don't think he's, he's dealing with a little bit of a knee but he just reminds me of a guy who is going to excel at ECU kind of under the radar doesn't say a whole lot just goes about his business and I think once he gets his shot 
he's going to make the most of it. I also debated putting on Devin King, uh, former Marshall transfer with some upside of safety as well. All right, I debated on whether we should include special teams in this, Bobby. Um, if I put you on the spot and say, is there a special teams player to look forward to? Can you give me one? Did you did you write one down? Yeah, I, I didn't write one down, but I am excited to see Archer Trafford, the punter uh, transfer from Mississippi State. It's funny, we have a theme throughout this whole process of name and player. I mean, so many transfers, so many new yeah. faces on the roster, literally at every position. Uh, I think that's what makes this season so intriguing and so exciting. Uh, but I have Trafford at the punter position. Hopefully we can get a little bit uh, more from uh, our <laughs> punts and punt coverage to put our defense in a good spot. Um, as Rick Smith used to say, really that's first down from a defensive standpoint is when you're putting the ball. So uh, excited to see how Trafford fits in. And it sounds like he's winning the competition right now with uh, Larson. Yeah, I, I think I got to go Trafford too. Saw him punt yesterday and he was just, he was booming the crap out of it. He was directionally kicking it well. You know, Larson has been better this preseason, but I, I just don't know if he's going to be able to catch uh, what Trafford's doing. And and the other thing, too, Bobby, is I feel like this team, early on they're going to have to win with running the football on defense. And the underrated aspect of that is field position. If you don't have a good punter, you can, you can get caught behind the eight ball pretty quickly there. So I, I feel like he's going to be pretty key early in the season. All right, Bobby, we did it. We ran through this entire roster in terms of positioning. And – uh, we, we made it uh, to the end. Good segment. Good stuff. Good, I got to say, good debut on Hoist the Colors, man. I feel like it's only downhill from here. Yeah, I think I peaked too early on Hoist <laughs> the Colors, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate you having me. I enjoyed it. Enjoyed getting together. Always love talking ball with you um, and, and going through this ECU roster. Absolutely. We'll have you on. So next week you're out for your kid's birthday, but we'll get you on yeah. the week after. Will that be game week? I think so. I believe it will. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Because so, next week is week zero. That's the Ireland game next week, next Saturday. So uh, wow. we're the following week. Yeah. So sneaking up on us quick. Next time you join us, we'll be three days from kickoff. How crazy is that? That's in the big house, too. Yes. Yeah. What, the number two team in the country? Number Pretty two, exciting. Number two team in the country, the Michigan Wolverines. All right, Bobby, we appreciate it. Again, Bobby Howard brought to you by Sup Dogs. We'll have him on all season long. We'll talk to you later, Bobby. Great. Thanks, Stephen. All right, that's Bobby Harward. Let's get our next break in. We'll come back. We'll have some more reaction from earlier this week, some press conferences, some comments. We'll hit the offensive side. We talked some Blake Carroll yesterday, what he had to say. We'll, we'll catch up with Donnie Kirkpatrick, the ECU offensive coordinator, as we get ready to head back out to practice ourselves. Uh, we'll be right back on Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. The Pirates play here. Arr! This is Hoist the Colors Radio with Stephen Igo. Three, the game. All right, welcome back into the studio. 94.3 The Game, Hoist the Colors. It is Wednesday, August 16th. We are 17 days away from East Carolina football. Kicking off at the Big House. We just had an awesome discussion with Bobby Harward, who's going to join us all season long, mostly on Wednesdays. He'll continue his analyst work, brought to you by Sub Dogs on the Hoist the Colors radio show as we uh, continue to run down some of the things that maybe the, the casual fans don't notice or don't want to talk about. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take a deeper dive with some of the guys who have a coaching background on this show. We're going to try to get – there's actually a former ECU coach and an alum in town as well we're efforting to get on the show soon who's been around, who I've been talking with. So hope to have that news for you shortly. Uh, let's, let's catch up with Blake Harrell, the ECU defensive coordinator. We talked to him 
earlier this week on Monday. I tell you what, it kind of feels like Groundhog Day right now. Um, every day feels the same with ECU practice going on. They're, they're going every day but Sunday, so there's times I forget what day of the week it is. But uh, we talked with them on Monday. We talked with Blake Carroll really about how the defense looked coming out of the first scrimmage. And if you've listened to any of these comments from Mike Houston, from Donnie Kirkpatrick, from Blake Carroll, I think there's a pretty clear message being sent to the players that we need to get better and we need to get better quickly. Huge week for the program is how Mike Houston termed it. Donnie Kirkpatrick kind of said, look, we, we had some good plays, but we still got to get a lot better. Blake Carroll pretty much challenged his entire defense and definitely his linebacker group. So let's hear from Blake, his thoughts on the defense to this point. Cut 35, Clark, uh, Blake Carroll, and where the defense is at this point in preseason. Yeah, I think I told the guys this morning, I think we've, we've made some strides, uh, but we got a lot of big strides to make too in the next three weeks. Obviously, uh, Saturday was your first measuring point with a scrimmage. You're getting out there. You don't have the coaches holding your hand. You're not, not going off the script, so to speak. Uh, so you're, you're in a game situation, and we need as many game situations as possible. So you find out a lot about yourself. You find out a lot about some individuals, where you are as a unit. And, um, you know, we got to make some huge strides in the next three weeks. So we have limited practice access i mean i'm out there as much as i can but we really only get 30 to 40 minutes and we don't get to see a ton of teamwork in terms of the teams going live one-on-one so you know we pay close attention to what the coaches say if they say individual player names we kind of make mental notes as reporters all right this guy must be doing good if he's getting some love one of the things i noticed after monday is you had to be a pretty established player pretty trustworthy player to get that love from these coaches and uh, again, that goes back to the message they're trying to send. We got a lot, a lot of work to do. Uh, we we asked Blake Carroll kind of what guys were standing out, and this was his response. Cut thirty six about some of the older guys who are playing like they have been here. Uh, obviously, we've seen some guys that uh, we all know about that are performing at high levels. I mean, Julius Wood, Tegan Wilt, you know, the two safeties are uh, returning starters, and they're playing like returning starters. Um, Elijah Morris, returning starter, playing like returning starter. You know. Uh, Jeremy Lewis kind of getting back into the mix now, and, and every day you see him kind of getting more and more of, of being Jeremy. Um, and that's the same with the older guys. Chad, Chad uh, he's done some good things out there on the edge. All right, and let's talk offense as well. Let's hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick, who, uh, again, we, we said yesterday, Taylor Jackson, another one of the guys that Blake Carroll has pointed out, and we just talked kind of with Bobby about how this is his time. Offensively, Donnie never short on uh, words with a response and he's seen enough of these scrimmages 40 years in fact we asked donnie cut cut 42 clark kind of what are his thoughts on the first scrimmage i mean you know 40 some years of, of seeing scrimmages and then you know you, it's it they just repeat themselves they're they're good and they're bad you, you have to remember you played 50 i think 56 different guys play so i mean that, there's not going to be a lot of you know good you know cohesiveness when you play that many guys the the positives were that uh, offensively we started really well we uh, the first drive we kind of self-destructed a little bit but we still moved the ball from the 22 moved the other team back to the 12 yard line so you know in a game that's still the positive that you took the ball from the 22 and they get it on the 12 you know now when you're playing each other like that the unfortunate part is the Twos moved the ball all the way back down to the cross to 50 and then punted us to the one-yard line. So we went 99 yards and scored. You know, you got to feel pretty good about that because that's hard to do anytime, much less the 10th day of practice. 
So Donnie Kirkpatrick, and he'll kind of touch on this here in a, a minute, um, talking about there the, the first scrimmage. You're always going to have the ups and downs. The defense is going to be ahead of the offense in many ways. And the first scrimmage, the timing, Donnie mentioned it there, you're working so many different combinations and with so many different guys moving on, offensive line, on the receiving core. Think about all the new pieces they're trying to fit together, finding out what works, what doesn't work. All this is going in the first few weeks of camp. Then you all kind of get to see it come together during that first scrimmage. And you're working two different quarterbacks. It's not going to look pretty at times. And in the middle of the scrimmage, it got away from them, probably as they started using some more different combinations. Um, And Donnie touched on that as well. Cut 43, Clark, how the offense struggled in the middle of the scrimmage. The negatives, or they're always negatives, was – from about play 60 to play 90, uh, we, we must have sold out the gamblers or something out there or something. I don't, I don't know what happened. We were shaving points, and all of a sudden we couldn't get a snap. All right, so you can't be a shotgun offense and not be able to snap the ball and catch it. We, we literally snapped two of them to the running back, okay, which was not by design. It looked pretty good, one of them did, but we might want to put that in. But we didn't, we didn't mean to do that, so we weren't ready for that. And so we just kind of self-destructed, and we turned it over. All right, there's Donnie Kirkpatrick. Let's get one more cut in before our final break. A lot of attention on the receivers this preseason. Cut 46, a lot of movement. Uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick talked about kind of moving those guys around and how they really need to settle in on one position. We're going to have to get away from that a little bit. Uh, we've had quite a few soft tissue inj- injuries with the receivers, and that, and that's the ones that get it because they have to run so much. And, uh, you know, uh, Chase Sowell has not been there very much. Ryan King obviously has been out. He's, today was his first day without a red shirt on out there. Keelan Robinson has been out, tried to play a little bit Saturday, tighten back up again. So we have tried to just figure out, well, you know, if we were playing this week, who would play? So we have rotated them at different positions. I think in the end it makes them better because they understand the whole concept. And you run this route better because you understand why you have to be here because another route's coming that way. And you understand the timing of it. And, you know, because you, you have to be open on time. You, you can't just be open before the quarterback's ready to throw you the ball. So there's a lot of stuff to play in wide receiver. I think they, they gain that knowledge and they get better in the end. But they suffer sometimes in it. We make more mistakes because literally you, you can't you – can't, comprehend how could you not realize which receiver you were but they do get confused sometimes so we've had more we've had more mental mistakes by doing it that way all right there's Donnie Kirkpatrick at practice on Monday we'll have more practice coverage for you stay tuned in the 94.3 the game hoist the colors social media pages in the coming hours as we'll be out of practice today heading closer to that second scrimmage All right, let's get out of here. This has been a fun edition of Voice of the Colors. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks to Bobby Harward, presented by Subdogs as well. We'll be back tomorrow with Hank Hinton, director of IBX Media, for a team boneyard update. We'll talk to you then. This has been Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. This has been Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 943thegame.com on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back tomorrow with more of Hoist the Colors on 943 The Game.